Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Oh my goodness. I am profoundly grateful. (laughs) Yes, my name is Jennifer Hadley and I am profoundly grateful. I'm grateful that A Course in Miracles is available to us and it is mind-opening. It is reassuring. It is a clear pathway to our awakening. Hmm. When we live it, reading it, of course, is not the same as living it. So let's, let's live it together right now. I place my hand on my heart and invite you to do the same. Place your hand on your heart <laughs> and take a breath of love and gratitude with me. We are grateful and thankful to bless the whole world with our holiness, grateful to open our hearts and minds to the power of love within us. It's already there. It's already been placed there. The kingdom has already been given. It is firmly and securely within us. The light of the Christ is the light that we shine We are grateful that the light of the Christ shines in our mind and we are willing to discard any and all attachments, grievances, grudges, resentments, regrets, hurts, fear, doubt, and worry to surrender them all to the Holy Spirit for healing, healing them back to the root cause, original cause, uh, original thought, whatever insanity that was the beginning of our suffering we're healing all the way back to the beginning back to our default settings of perfection back to our original instructions of more peace more love more joy more freedom more harmony we are grateful to allow ourselves to be the light of the world and to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them in gratitude we allow it to be and so it is amen 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 yes 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 so very good and i am grateful yes <laughs> ah all right Well, this is a bit interesting here. So when I prepare for the podcast, sometimes the ideas, the topic just drops into my mind. And sometimes I sit with the Big Blue Book and I just kind of thumb the pages until I get the inclination to pause. And then I look and see what's there and go with that. And it's all good to me, doesn't matter. It's always interesting for me, so I'm happy to do it <laughs> this way. Now, today, when I was doing that thumbing the pages, I opened to, uh, in chapter 15, there's a section, it's number 11, entitled Christmas as the End of Sacrifice. And I thought with my surface mind, I'll call it ego mind, I'll save that for when we're closer to Christmas. And then I went back to thumbing the pages and I got the exact same page again. So 
Hence, even though it's September, who cares? Christmas as the end of sacrifice. That's what we're looking at. Chapter 15, section 11. So let's dive in and see what gifts await us. It begins with fear not to recognize the whole idea of sacrifice as solely your making. And seek not safety by attempting to protect yourself from where it is not. So if we're trying to protect ourselves from the future, we are not in the future. If we're trying to protect ourselves from the past, we're not in the past. If we're trying to protect ourselves from the world, we are not in the world. That's what I read into that. It goes on. Your brothers and your father have become very fearful to you. And you would bargain with them for a few special relationships in which you think you see some scraps of safety. Right? Isn't that the whole purpose of the special relationship? I call it shelter from the storm. Do not try longer to keep apart your thoughts and the thought that has been given to you. Now, the second thought in this sentence is a capital T. So do not try longer to keep apart your thoughts and the, we'll call it God thought, that has been given you. When they are brought together and perceived where they are, the choice between them is nothing more than a gentle awakening and as simple as opening your eyes to daylight when you have no more need of sleep. Isn't that beautiful? I I find that very beautiful. So let's look at this again. So, Jesus is saying, don't try to keep your God thoughts and your ego thoughts apart. Put them together. And when you see them together and you can perceive them as they are, the choice between them is nothing more than a gentle awakening and as simple as opening your eyes to daylight when you have no more need of sleep. And I can say and testify that this is so. So when we realize, oh, I'm not upset for the reason I think. I'm upset. I think I'm upset because of what they did or didn't do. But actually, I'm upset because I believe they don't love me. And that's why they did or didn't do whatever it was. So when we see the thoughts clearly, ego thought, God thought, side by side, then there's this opportunity for a gentle awakening as simple as opening your eyes to daylight when you have no more need of sleep. So think about that in the morning, waking up when you have no more need of sleep. You are refreshed, restored, You are interested in moving into the day and you open your eyes to begin from that place. It's not hard to open our eyes from that place. No more need of sleep. I'm ready to move into this day. I don't find it difficult from that perspective. All right, the sign of Christmas is a star. A light in darkness. See it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within. And accept it as the sign the time of Christ has come. He comes demanding nothing. There's nothing I can do really about all the the language of the masculine pronouns, etc. But... So the Christ comes demanding nothing. No sacrifice of any kind of anyone is asked by Christ. In Christ's presence, the whole idea of sacrifice loses all meaning. For Christ is host to God. 
and you need but invite Christ in, who is there already. By recognizing that Christ's host is one, with a capital O, and no thought alien to Christ's oneness can abide with Christ there. So in order to recognize the Christ within, no sacrifice is required. Now, from an ego perspective, it could seem like a sacrifice to give up our grievances, our grudges, our complaints, our resentments, our thoughts of attack and revenge. It can seem, from an ego perspective, that that is a sacrifice. I need those thoughts. I need those beliefs. I need that grief, that sadness. I need that anger. I need that hurt. It's part of who I am. I won't know myself without it. All of those are perfectly normal thoughts for us in our egoic experience. But is it a sacrifice to have them healed completely back to the root cause so we never experience their suffering again? Is that a sacrifice? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And that's Jesus' point here. Love must be total to give Christ welcome. For the presence of holiness creates the holiness that surrounds it. No fear can touch the host who cradles God in the time of Christ. For the host is as holy as the perfect innocence which Christ protects and whose power protects him. So, as we're moving into the time of Christ, the time of Christmas, no fear can touch the host who cradles God in the time of Christ. This Christmas, give the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you. In other words, every grievance, every grudge, every regret, every resentment, all guilt, blame, shame, hurt, fear, doubt, worry, all of it. This Christmas, give the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you. Let yourself be healed completely that you may join with the Holy Spirit in healing. And let us celebrate our release together by releasing everyone with us. So to have, give all to all. Let's offer this healing to everyone so that we too can have it. To have, give all to all. So let's give to the Holy Spirit all grievances. This is a a cornerstone of what I share all the time is we need to give the grievances away to the Holy Spirit. We don't have to figure out how to give them away. We don't have to figure out how to resolve them and dissolve them. We don't have to figure out where they came from, how long we've had them, why we... None of that is necessary for it to be healed completely and permanently. Our willingness is the only requirement, our willingness to hand it over. Leave nothing behind, for release is total. When you have accepted it with me, you will give it with me. All pain and sacrifice and littleness will disappear in our relationship, which is as innocent as our relationship with God and as powerful. So let's be in that relationship. Let's partner up. Let's recognize we don't have to go it alone. That's an option, but it's not a requirement. We don't have to figure anything out. Everything will be figured out for us. Jesus tells us in the Course, ask and it is given because it already has been given. So the means has already been given to us. The clarity has already been given to us. If we don't value it, it will feel as though we don't have it. If we don't value it, if we value instead 
uh, ego thoughts and ideas, then it will seem like we don't have that inner Christ. But it's only because we are not interested that it seems like we don't have it. I have learned to take Jesus at his word in A Course in Miracles. So let's look at this again. All pain and sacrifice and littleness will disappear in our relationship. The sentence goes on, but let's just pause there. All pain and sacrifice and littleness will disappear in our relationship. If we're not in the relationship because we don't feel worthy, then we're missing the boat. We're missing the gift. We're missing the Christmas. The, the endless givingness of God. So let's get in that relationship. And it, it can be as simple as Jesus, I'm in for this relationship with you. But you, we resist. Why? Because we feel like Jesus is going to say, okay, that means no more sex, no more cigarettes, no more alcohol, no more ice cream. And it's just not true. That's a made-up thing. Poverty, chastity, those vows were made up by ego-identified people, not by Jesus. He never said anything about any of those things. All pain and sacrifice and littleness will disappear in our relationship, which is as innocent as our relationship with our God, our Father, Mother, Father, God, and as powerful. Pain will be brought to us and disappear in our presence. In other words, we'll become healers. And without pain, there can be no sacrifice. And without sacrifice, their love must be. You who believe that sacrifice is love must learn that sacrifice is separation from love. For sacrifice brings guilt as surely as love brings peace. Guilt is the condition of sacrifice, as peace is the condition for the awareness of your relationship with God. Through guilt, you exclude your father and your brothers from yourself. Through peace, you invite them back, realizing that they are where your invitation bids them. In other words, where you think they are. Oh, this one's lost in addiction. This one's lost in their greediness. This one's lost in whatever. This one's lost because uh, they don't believe in vaccines. This one's lost because they do believe in vaccines. Whatever. Whatever. Through peace, you invite them back, realizing that they are where your invitation bids them be. So this is why I've said a, a gazillion times, Our job is to see everyone in the place of neutrality, see them in the place of Christ nature, that within everyone is the Christ, even in the worst um, killer, rapist, misogynist, the Christ is still within them. And it is our spiritual responsibility to recognize it's there and it is spiritual malpractice to say that it's not or to not recognize it because we would rather see them as evil the Christ, the Christ missing uh, however we might think of them bad wrong Instead, we can say, okay, these actions that they've taken, these things that they're doing, these things are unloving, but still the Christ remains inside that being. Otherwise, how can 
we be the salvation of the world. Otherwise, how can we save ourselves? If we are not willing to see our brothers and sisters as perfect, whole, and complete, then we cannot save ourselves. And that's one of the biggest challenges, right? That's why relationships are so challenging. So challenging. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) Everyone knows it's true. Everyone. Back to the text. What you exclude from yourself seems fearful. For you endow it with fear and try to cast it out, though it is part of you. Who can perceive part of himself as loathsome and live within himself in peace? So everyone in the world is part of us. If we see some part of ourselves as loathsome, then we are seeing a part of ourselves as loathsome and we cannot be at peace. It's just not possible. And who can try to resolve the conflict of heaven and hell in him by casting heaven out and giving it the attributes of hell without experiencing himself as incomplete and lonely? When we see others as lacking, we will feel lacking. That's how this experience works. Jesus uses the word conflict here in quote marks. Who can try to resolve the conflict of heaven and hell in him by casting heaven out and giving it the attributes of hell without experiencing himself as incomplete and lonely? So, the conflict of heaven and hell Jesus has told us in the fear and conflict section that all conflict arises from our saying we'd like the peace of God, but then not choosing peaceful thoughts. So he's echoing that here. Who can perceive part of himself as loathsome and live within himself in peace? We're one with everyone. If we judge others, if we think they're bad and wrong, if they don't deserve to live, we will feel the same way about ourselves. So again, you can see how these, the teaching of to have, give all to all, is really the same as all conflict arises when you say you want the peace of God and you're not willing to choose the means to have it. So peace has already been given to us. It's part of our spiritual identity, but we can't experience it. We won't experience it if we are cursing our brothers and sisters. And that's what Jesus's point is here. And so then we will feel incomplete and lonely when we're cursing anyone anywhere. As long as you perceive the body as your reality, so long will you perceive yourself as lonely and deprived. So another way to say that is, as long as you believe you are your body, and that's your reality, that's just, that's, you're going to perceive yourself as lonely and deprived because you're seeing yourself as separate and deprived of all the gifts of the kingdom, even though it's pre-installed within, if we identify as the body, we're separated in consciousness from source in our consciousness. We're separated. That's something we're doing with our thinking. And then we're going to feel deprived of all the gifts of God. And so long will you also perceive yourself as a victim of sacrifice, justified in sacrificing others. So the idea of sacrifice is so strong that we have to give up what we really would like 
in order to be good, right? In order to be washed clean of our sins, we have to sacrifice in some way. We have to make amends in some way, like climbing up the stairs of the church on our knees, some kind of sacrifice. We have to sacrifice money. We have to sacrifice our sexuality. We have to live in poverty. We have to live so humbly that we're uncomfortable all the time. No heat, no hot water. Uh, There's all kinds of deprivation that people have come to believe makes them holier. It washes their sins. This is the sacrifice that the sinner must make in order to be clean again. It's ego insanity, and this is part of what Jesus is telling us here, that as as long as we perceive ourselves as a body, we're also going to perceive ourselves as a victim of sacrifice, and we're going to feel justified in thinking others are bad and wrong. Oh my gosh, it's time for me to go into a break. Yes. I invite you to go check out jenniferhadley.com and the offerings there. We have so many good things coming up. I'll tell you a bit more after the break. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. All right, so I promised as I went to the break, I would just give you a quick update on some things that are coming up. We have September 30th, this Saturday, a free forgiveness workshop. Come one, come all, invite your friends. Uh, it's really simple. It's a deep forgiveness process, and uh, people are loving it. We've been doing these workshops twice a month, so if you sign up for this one, you will be notified about the next one, And uh, but you can have this opportunity to uh, experience some deep forgiveness. People are just loving it. Again, it's free. All the details on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. Then October 15th, we start my Finding Freedom from Fear spiritual boot camp class. It's for really putting the pedal to the metal for about 10 weeks time to clear out so much patterning, false beliefs, habits of the mind, They keep us living in lack and limitation. And it's about improving our relationships. Originally, it was called family freedom. I'm offering it once a year now. And anyone who's ever taken it can repeat it again for a very small price. So please come and join us if you feel inclined. Come repeat it. Take it for the very first time. If you're not sure if it's right for you right now, you can book an exploratory call with one of our spiritual counselors. And you can always do that with any of our programs, including uh, Masterful Living Registration will be opening later October. And in November, I am doing two in-person events. I'm doing a forgiveness retreat And I am doing a spiritual counseling training intensive, which is a deeply healing, expansive, intensive training. It's just so healing to the mind, especially the combination of doing the retreat and the counseling training back to back. That's why I offer them that way, so people can come for the whole 10 days. Uh, And... This year, Alan Cohen is going to be a guest presenter at the training intensive for counselors. He and I have been collaborating for years, and we really enjoy each other, very like-minded. And uh, and I'm excited to announce that I am 
also offering a, uh, it's not uh, available yet, but it will be available, uh, a program that's designed for counselors, coaches, therapists, and it's all about counseling from an A Course in Miracles perspective, which is what my training intensive is. But the um, program I'm offering next year is going to be with a number of different Course in Miracles teachers who also offer counseling and what they've learned about counseling people from A Course in Miracles perspective. So those are the things coming up. Again, jenniferhadley.com events page. You can get all the details off of there or the home page. All right. Let's see here. Also, you know, I do a Sunday service every Sunday, and I'm not always the speaker, but it's a wonderful opportunity to gather together, and that's totally free. Uh, that's called Sundays with Spirit. And again, you can learn more at jenniferhadley.com. Let's go back to uh, talking about sacrifice and heaven. Heaven requires no sacrifice. And we're talking about perceiving ourselves as a victim of sacrifice uh, because we feel lonely and deprived when we perceive ourselves as a body. And that to get to heaven is going to require some kind of sacrifice. It's just very common when I'm counseling someone and I suggest, what about the thought of thy will be done? People will recoil, visibly recoil. Oh, uh, I could never, no, 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 no. Because they think that if they turn their life over, or even that, that particular thought or relationship over to spirit, that it's going to require some sacrifice of something that they want or need. It's not true, but it's a very common thought. And so uh, what you know, Jesus tries so beautifully to make clear to us in the workbook is that Hoff, Hoff, Hoff. Heaven offers everything that we need. And forgiveness is the way to heaven. Forgiveness offers everything that we need or could want. And he says, as I've quoted so many times, stop thinking that you know what you would make you happy because you do not know. And that is the truth. If we can stop, just be willing to stop thinking we know what makes us happy. People think, oh, I'm going to have to sacrifice in order to live a more spiritual life. No sacrifice. Is it a sacrifice to give up pain and suffering? No. Did I have to give up the judgments, the complaints, the attacks? Yes. But now I have peace. I didn't have peace before. Have I sacrificed anything? I don't think so. Haven't sacrificed anything that's real. That's what Jesus is teaching us here. Who could thrust heaven and its creator aside without a sense of sacrifice and loss? How can we push God to the side in favor of our false idols, whatever they may be, our jobs, even uh, our attachments to our family, our attachments to our our bodies, our attachments to our money, things like that. All of that, if we are worshiping these things in a sense, making them more important to us than our spiritual connection and the oneness of all life, then, of course, if we're pushing God aside, we're going to experience sacrifice and loss. And who could suffer sacrifice and loss without attempting to restore himself? So we've pushed God aside. We've made other things in this world and our thoughts and ideas, etc., more important than our connection with spirit. So we have this sense of sacrifice and loss. 
And we're trying to restore ourselves now. Of course, makes perfect sense. Yet, how could you accomplish this yourself when the basis of your attempts is the belief in the reality of the deprivation? So if you believe you can be separate from God and suffer the loss of God, how can your methods to restore yourself be helpful to you? They can't be. Because you can't actually separate yourself from God. You can only believe that you're separate from God. All we have to do is be willing to see the unity of all life. To stop attacking ourselves and each other. Stop identifying with the body. I know it sounds like, oh, it's so easy to do. It's not hard to do. Our willingness is all that is required. So deprivation breeds attack, being the belief that attack is justified. So here's just another way of saying the same thing, using the word deprivation instead of sacrifice. So deprivation breeds attack being the belief that attack is justified. If we are attacking, we're going to feel deprived. And then we will also believe that our attack is justified. It's a hamster wheel. It's a hamster wheel. And as long as you would retain the deprivation, attack becomes salvation and sacrifice becomes love. So as long as we are holding on to this sense of being deprived, first of all, we're going to feel depressed, right? We're going to feel sad, lonely, scared, frightened, confused, all because of believing in separation. And the antidote to believing in separation is simply to really not withhold love from anyone. Now, we can hold people lovingly in our mind, pray for those who who abuse you. Don't despise them, because then you become the abuser. Instead, pray for them. Pray for them. If there's somebody that you fear somebody you feel is is hurting you pray for them to have give all to all so it is that in all your seeking for love you seek for sacrifice and find it so think of this special relationship it requires sacrifice because we're saying this person this dog this cat this being is my salvation. Well, in, in that thinking, we're sacrificing the, the wholeness, the incredible magnificence of the kingdom that's always ours all the time. And instead we're saying, no, I'm going to get it all from this, this person, this family, this job, this experience, everything I need is here. And so we're actually sacrificing in a sense We're depriving ourselves of everything good. So let me read this again. So it is that in all your seeking for love, you seek for sacrifice and find it. Yet you find not love. It is impossible to deny what love is and still recognize it. So love is without conditions. Love is without conditions. It is impossible to deny that love is unconditional and to think that it is conditional and still recognize it. The meaning of love lies in what you have cast outside yourself and it has no meaning apart from you. So the meaning of love is the unity of all life. 
to have, give all to all. It is what you prefer to keep that has no meaning, right? So we prefer to keep our ideas of ourselves as unworthy. We prefer to keep our ideas that we can't be happy without whatever, whatever we're our sins are. We can't be happy without whatever our false idols are. It is what you prefer to keep that has no meaning. Why all that, while all that you would keep away holds all meaning of the universe and holds the universe together in its meaning. Unless the universe were joined in you, it would be apart from God. And to be without God is to be without meaning. So as long as we think of ourselves as separate, unworthy, then life doesn't have meaning. Think of how many people in recent decades have told you that they are wondering what their life purpose is. They feel like There's a malaise hanging over them because they don't know what their life purpose is. And maybe that's you. I've heard that from so many people I've counseled over the years. And what I endeavored to assist people in recognizing, remembering, is that their purpose is very simple. It's to love and be loved without conditions. And so that requires true forgiveness which means giving up our grievances, our grudges, and recognizing that we don't know what things are for. And if we think we do, and the meaning that we give things, our interpretations of things, brings us pain and sorrow, hurt and sadness, it has to be incorrect. Of course it does. That's not that hard to comprehend. And yet, how many people have come to me for spiritual counseling because they're suffering over the meaning they've made of things? Hey, I did it too for you know decades. So I, I have no judgment of someone who's in that space. But we can get out of that space really quickly if we're willing. And that's why... Power of Love Ministry is offering these free forgiveness workshops twice a month. And if you'd like to support us in doing those workshops, we'd love your donations. And you can always go to the jenniferhadley.com or livingacourseofmiracles.com and, or sorry, livingacourseofmiracles.net, dot net, dot net, and make a donation. Absolutely anytime. And we thank you for your support and donations. Another easy way to do that is go to acimtexts.com. And uh, you can sign up to give a one-time donation or a monthly supporting contribution. Those monthly contributions are so helpful in our planning, what we can do. In the holy instant... The condition of love is met, for minds are joined without the body's interference, and where there is communication, there is peace. This is what I find is we can hold in our minds, because our mind is the mind of God, we can hold in our minds loving thoughts of anyone, anytime, anywhere, We can pray for those who despitefully use us. We can do that. We have the power, and it makes a powerful difference in our lives, not to mention other people's lives. The Prince of Peace was born to reestablish the condition of love by teaching that communication remains unbroken even if the body is destroyed provided that you see not the body as the necessary means of communication. So we can communicate with people whether they're still in a body or not, whether the body has been destroyed or not. Let's remember that. 
And if you understand this lesson, you will realize that to sacrifice the body is to sacrifice nothing. And communication, which must be of the mind, cannot be sacrificed. I remember after my mother passed, I've told this many times, that I went back home to L.A. after a month of living with my dad and helping him to get through that first month. And when I was back home, I started to have this thought, I'm never going to hug my mother again. I'm never going to hear my mother's voice again. Oh, no. Poor me, motherless child. And I started to get very sad and tears well up in my eyes. And as I began to cry, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, why are you telling yourself these things that you know are not true? Just gently, why are you telling yourself these things that you know are not true? Why? Just answer the question, Jennifer. Not in a demanding way, but it's important to answer that question. What, what do you see as the benefit of thinking these thoughts you know are not true? It was such a perfect question for me at that moment in time. And I instantly knew that it was just ego, and I was believing that I should be sad and crying. And I got the message, anytime you'd like to feel your mother or hear your mother's voice, you can. Think of your mother's voice. Think of your mother. You can feel her. You can hear her voice. And yes, it's not the same as having her in the room with you, but the connection is just as strong. It is just as strong. Jesus goes on to say, where then is sacrifice? If we're, even if the body is destroyed, nothing is sacrificed. Where then is sacrifice? He says, the lesson I was born to teach and still would teach to all my brothers is that sacrifice is nowhere and love is everywhere. For communication embraces everything, and in the peace it reestablishes, love comes of itself. Let no despair darken the joy of Christmas, for the time of Christ is meaningless apart from joy. Let us join in celebrating peace by demanding no sacrifice of anyone. For so you offer me the love I offer you. What can be more joyous than to perceive we are deprived of nothing? Such is the message of the time of Christ, which I give you that you may give it and return it to the Father who gave it to me. For in the time of Christ, communication is restored and God joins us in the celebration of his son's creation. God offers thanks to the holy host who would receive him and lets him enter and abide where he would be. And by your welcome does God welcome you into himself. For what is contained in you who welcomes him is returned to him. And we would celebrate God's wholeness as we welcome God into ourselves. Those who receive the Father are one with God, being host to God who created them. And by allowing God to enter, the remembrance of God enters with him. And with him, they remember the only relationship they ever had and ever want to have. This is the time in which a new year will soon be born for the time of Christ. I have perfect faith in you to do all that you would accomplish. Nothing will be lacking, and you will, be, you will make complete and not destroy. Say then to your brother, I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. 
in the name of my freedom, I choose your release because I recognize that we will be released together. So will the year begin in joy and freedom. There's much to do, and we have long been long delayed. Accept the holy instance as this year is born, and take your place, so long left unfulfilled in the great awakening. Make this year different by making it all the same, and let all your relationships be made holy for you. This is our will. Amen. Hmm. So beautiful. So reassuring. So sweet. This uh, The end of it there, page 329 in the FIP version. I'm going to read that, that little prayer then. Say then to your brother. So this is what we mentally say to the people that we think are bothering us, or our thoughts about them are bothering us. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. Right? If we're all one, I'm part of you, you're part of me, I can give you to the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Regardless of what's going on with you or me, I can do that. I think that's wonderful. What could be more valuable than that? Right? What car, what house, what job could be more valuable than to be able to give someone who seems to be lost and confused or depraved, to give them to the Holy Spirit? It's You can see how this is also the practice of Ho'oponopono. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I choose your release because I recognize that we will be released together. Hmm. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Yes. My goodness. I love these teachings. They are so precious, so beautiful, so uplifting so inspiring, so healing. How wonderful. Hmm. I'm so glad that Jesus put it in front of me twice. (laughs) I feel so blessed. Thank you for joining with me. I do appreciate it. One of the things I do every day is I record a new prayer. I have been doing it for mm, 16 years now, <clears throat> every day, and uh, only missed a few days here and there. And uh, you can listen to those every day at jenniferhadley.com, along with my daily shot of spiritual espresso-inspired writing that I share each day. All free, of course. Let's place our hands on our heart and be grateful and thankful that we can set ourselves free by setting our brothers free. We are grateful to let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Amen.